G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Today we're going to have some insights into the sorts of missions that are developing around the world, often in towns and suburbs, among people we might know as the urban poor. Terence and his family have responded to a call to serve the unreached urban poor in the city of Thorold, not far to the west of Niagara Falls. And he's uh, written this book called Peace of the City, a handbook for missional communities, challenging and inspiring readers to reflect deeply uh, reflect deeply on their own communities. Uh, welcome along, Terence. Uh, you're planning a church in Ontario, Canada. Uh, it's great to have you with us today. Thanks for your time, mate. How are you? Hi, Matt. Yeah, good to be with you. I'm great. Thanks. So uh, I understand it's about 7.30 at night over in Canada at the moment. Paint a picture for us. What's the weather like? Yeah, so it, the kids are in bed. It's dark at 7.30 at night. It's cold here because it's Canadian winter. Uh, we have an outdoor rink in the backyard, so a hockey rink. Uh, so we flood a portion of the backyard. So we, just before I came online, we were out there with the kids skating in the backyard playing some hockey. Wow, very different to Australian uh, summers, hey? <laughs> Very different. Yeah, wow. Fantastic. Uh, now, tell us a bit about uh, your children. How, how old are your kids? Yeah, our, our kids are 10, 9, 8, and 7. Oh, my goodness. You're a busy man. Uh, <laughs> well, it's all my wife. Let's give her the credit. <laughs> and tell us a bit of your faith journey. Were, were you uh, raised in a religious household? Yeah, good question. So, yeah, I grew up in a family that you know, went to church twice on Sunday, and I don't know what it's like for you in Australia, but that, that was the norm for, for many Christians uh, for many years uh, growing up, where you go to church twice on Sunday. And I, I grew up in a, a very religious, traditional home. In other words, I, I think my parents would agree that there wasn't a real deep relationship with God. You know, going to church twice on Sundays is just something that we did because our grandparents did and all the other people around us did it so we did it too and we went to uh, Christian school and, and went to Christian high school and then and then after that after uh, school um, I started to question my faith and I actually walked away from the church and then uh, many years later um, when God kind of bonked me on the head and, and you know showed me that he had much more in store for my life I became a committed follower of Jesus and uh, wouldn't change anything since and tell us a bit about uh, your cool to ministry? Did you get straight into ministry after you came to Faithful? Mm, yeah, good question. So, yeah, I worked in the trades for many years, and uh, as I was working, I was just praying and reading God's Word and discerning yeah, what, what God had in store next for my life. And as I did that, I sensed that God was calling me deeper into serving his church and serving uh, communities uh, around us. So I was part of a small group. Um, you know, my wife and I were working and we had a growing family and we were part of a small group as a church plant. And in that small group, we started to serve in the downtown neighborhood in our city 
And over time, I just developed this, we developed this love relationship with the church and with our community. And it just became clear that, yeah, that's what God was calling uh, me to do is to serve in ministry. So I, I went to Tyndale Seminary in Toronto and earned a Master of Divinity, uh, particularly in the area of, of urban ministry. And uh, the rest is history. And let me just uh, just divul- you know, divert for a moment. So some of my favorite worship leaders are from Canada. I, uh, mm. I used to attend a vineyard church. And I love uh, Brian Dirksen and David Ruiz and some of those guys. Did, was that a big part of your... Christian Walk as well, listen to some of that worship music over there. Oh, yeah, I'm very familiar with those names. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, I think Dan Bremness, have you heard of Dan Bremness? No, yeah, I he, haven't. He's a young, up-and-coming uh, Christian musician. He's toured Australia a couple of times. Uh, and uh, he's uh, out of... He actually used to be the drummer for Brian Dirksen, funnily enough. Uh, but uh, oh, okay. the other thing that Canada is well known for, of course, is Justin Bieber. And uh, <laughs> Celine Dion, is she Canadian as well? Yeah, well, as Canadians, we accept Celine Dion, but we haven't fully embraced Justin Bieber yet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, tell us a bit about uh, your church. How did it all begin? Yeah, good question. So our, our church actually began as a small group that was serving out, out of, a, of a church community. So there, there was a church plant that came to Thorold about 12, 13 years ago and started to serve in this community. And as, as part of that church community, there was uh, small groups. So I don't know if you're familiar with that in, in Australia, but here we call them small groups. And basically it's just a handful of Christians that uh, study our Bible together and, and grow in a relationship with each other and pray for each other. And we did that as a small group in this church plant. And uh, over time, as we prayed as a small group, we just had a sense that, that God was inviting us as Christians to be involved in our community in some way. So we reached out to an inner city school in the downtown of the neighborhood that we uh, lived in. And uh, we talked to the principal there and asked, uh, what are the particular needs uh, in the school? And, and he said to us that the greatest need was uh, a need for community and he just felt like there was isolation and there wasn't a lot of social connections within the school so we said as a small group well, what you know what if we host uh, some community dinners in the school so that's what we did uh, we hosted our first community dinners about seven eight years ago uh, and the first one just a handful of people came out and a couple years later as a small group we were hosting in around uh, in between 80 and 100 people uh, every Sunday night and tell us a bit about the, the kind of crowd that you attack, you know, attract. Like we, 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 we see in your book, you talk a lot about the urban poor. Uh, tell us about mm-hmm. the, uh, the demographics of those that have been coming. Yeah. Yeah, so we started to serve in this inner city school and the community around it. And, and we got to know uh, the neighborhood and the, the uh, particularities of it over time. And, and one of the things that we learned about what in the school was that uh, one quarter of the school's enrollment uh, every spring turned over. In other words, one quarter of the school of the students would leave every spring. And we, and we asked the principal, well, why is that? And, and he went on to tell us that the reason was is in the spring, uh, 
in Canada, you can be evicted after the winter months because if you're not paying your rent. So that, that meant that a core of the school population was being evicted and moving to another city and then new students will come in. So that was one of the first key indicators. And then we started to learn and understand more about the community. And, and we learned that actually one in four kids were actually living in poverty. So living without suitable housing, food, and clothing. And we've we seen that on a week-to-week basis as we we're connecting. Now, the Bible obviously says a lot about caring for the poor. And, uh, I, you know, I run a, a soup kitchen at my church as well. And, you know, I, I always like to say to people that Jesus would always go after the last, the least, and the lost. Uh, it's, it's a biblical mandate for every believer. But just, just touch on that for, us for, a, for a moment. Tell us uh, your uh, revelation you've got from Scripture about reaching the poor. Yeah, so... That's a great question, something that I am very passionate about and come to learn and love over time about God and about his word. So even if we look at the Old Testament, you know, when God is laying out um, the law for the community of Israel as they're going to move into the promised land, he made it very clear to them uh, that they were to protect the widow, the foreigner, and the, and the orphan, and the least among them in their community. And then we see that in the life of Israel as it plays out in the Bible that in many ways uh, Israel didn't live up to to that uh, command from God to care for the least of these. You know, may we have pictures of... of um, you know, of Ruth coming into the community and, and sowing uh, grain from the corner of the field. You know, that, that those are examples of the way that uh, Israel was to care for the poor, care for the marginalized in their communities. And then, of course, when, when a Jesus arrives on the scene, you know, what does Jesus do? Um, he serves uh, among the least of these uh, in the community. He calls people like Levi, uh, who's really an outcast in the community. And, you know, he goes and sits with sinners and he eats uh, with the marginalized in his community. And, and that, in large part, is who we're called to love as part of our life as Christians. And, you know, you give some good Old Testament uh, examples there. But in the New Testament, Jesus talked about it a lot as well. Uh, I think of the uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Uh, has that been something that has uh, inspired you a lot as well? Oh yeah, for sure. There's been piles of stories from Jesus uh, where Jesus specifically engages the least of these in in his community. And you know, we we can just begin with uh, John one verse fourteen, for example, where where it says that. Jesus, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And, you know, if we even just think about God himself coming to the world, the God, you know, of all majesty, of all great, like this God, God of God, holy of holy, coming to this world and, and being among us and being with us. I mean, that that in itself is just one example of the way that God is present with all people, um, you know, which, which also includes uh, the, the marginalized. You know, I, uh, I read a, a great little article recently about some Princeton se- seminarians. So they're doing Bible college at Princeton. And they were asked to do a short talk about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And they split them up into two groups. And one group was in a hurry to share their message. The other group wasn't in a hurry to share it. And what they did is they split up the two groups. And then they got an actor to act like he'd been mugged and that he was beaten up Mm. at the side of the stage. stage. And then they asked them to get up and share their speech. 
and only a very small percentage percentage of them stopped to care for the guy that had been beaten up when they were about to do a talk about the Good Samaritan who cared for the guy that had been beaten up. <laughs> and mm. they explained that the group that uh, they were told, you have to hurry and do your talk, um, only 63% of them actually stopped and helped the man. Um, and I won't go into the details too much, but I thought it was a fascinating uh, you know, example of, you know, for those of us in ministry, our job is to get up and preach, but our job is also to stop and care for the person that's been mugged and to care for the last and the least and, and the lost. Uh, so I guess my question to you is, how important is it that churches everywhere care for the poor in their communities? Hmm. Well, first of all, I just love your story and, and the the example. It, it, yeah, it's it's really striking. And I, I think you mentioned one interesting piece, and and that is, you know, so many people just kind of rush by our neighbors, no matter who they are, yeah. whether they're the marginalized or not. And, and I, I think that you know, you know, in terms of rushing by people, I think that often uh, the the marginalized, the under the under resourced in our community are the person, the people. Um, that are often rushed by the the most, or they they are the the least um, in our minds, the least influential in our community, or they might not have something to say, or they're uneducated, or whatever it might be. We we have these frameworks uh, that uh, we've created for ourselves, or even within our church, and and quite frankly, um, maybe we don't take the the time for them. You know, like the story of of the good Samaritan who took the time to stop, to pause, and, and to take a great risk, really, to take the great risk uh, of stopping and loving their neighbor, and not just in prince, not just in, in proposition, just to say, hey, you know, I love you. Like he, talk, he, he stopped and loved him in practice and principle. And that's what I talk a lot about in my book, is actually living out the practices of love and, and loving our neighbors and loving our marginalized neighbors by caring for them. So, you know, you mentioned the example of the Good Samaritan. So he, he stops, he helps them up, he, he heals his wounds, and then he takes them to a the place and shows them radical hospitality by offering a hotel for the night and giving them enough money to get through the night. And, and those are practical examples of the way that God, that Jesus, is inviting us to love the least of these in our community. And, you know, I love the fact that there are a lot of Christian charities that care for the poor. And you look in Australia, I think out of the top 25 charities that care for the poor in Australia, 23 of them have a Christian background. So there's a great legacy and a great foundation of Christianity in a lot of these charities. Uh, But my concern is that some of these charities have had mission drift, that they started out, you know, like, uh, for example, uh, William Booth, who started the Salvation Army, his focus was soup, soap and salvation, you know. He gave the hot soup, he gave the soap to clean him up, but he also gave them salvation. Uh, And I'm not singling out the Salvation Army, I'm just saying generally there's a lot of charities that started out with the focus of physical food but also spiritual food. But now there's a lot of charities that only give the physical food and they don't preach the gospel. They don't care for people's spiritual needs as well. Just speak to that for us. How important do you think it is that we have both and not either or? Yeah, no, that's a good question. And, and what, I think what you're talking about is, you know, the gospel as a social endeavor. In other words, you know, we're just meeting uh, practical needs in our community, but we're not being attentive to, um, you know, the spiritual needs. And uh, we need to be 
uh, attentive to both and. As, as you mentioned, we need to be to the, uh, attentive to the spiritual needs of our community, uh, you know, the, the uh, emotional and, and mental needs, but we also need to be attentive to the to the physical needs. And, and, you know, that is what we have learned here in our community at the table over time. And, and our practice and our approach or your philosophy, even you could say, as we engage our neighbor, and this could be a message for any small group in Australia or, or any church, is that we have learned how to be with our neighbor. How we've learned to be with our marginalized neighbor. And, and what I mean by that is, is just being present in their life. In the same way that when Jesus came to earth and he was present with people, uh, we want to be present with others. You know, so present means uh, present to meet uh, physical needs or spiritual needs or uh, yeah, any, any needs that, that may be uh, present in a, in a person's life. And, and then also to open ourselves up to, um, you know, to be helped by our neighbors. In other words, there, there is just an amazing gift within our neighbors who are marginalized to help us. Like there's so many benefits, there's so many assets that, that they have that they can offer and teach us as Christians and as people too. Absolutely. And we've got Sam from Mwilumba. How are you, Sam? I'm very well, thank you. Have you got a question for Terence? Yeah, look, uh, Terence, I just love what you do. My heart really resonates with your serving of the urban poor. And uh, we've started to do that recently in our small community uh, where there is a lot of poverty with our food parcel ministry. But there's so much more that needs to be done and so many other areas to impact. I'm just looking for some advice from your experience as how to, to best impact your local community and also mobilise the support of other Christians so that you're not actually carrying the weight all yourself. Thank you, Sam. Terence, what are your Sam, thoughts? Terrence, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, good to hear you, Sam. Uh, so, yeah, my my advice would be, and I have a chapter in in the book called "A Common Mission," and and what we have learned in our context is is that we really need to be laser focused on a particular need and a particular neighborhood. Uh, in our community. So if there's a certain neighborhood and a certain need to stay laser focused on that. So for us, it has been the downtown community and the inner city school around that. And, and we've been laser focused and serving that community together as missional communities or as a church plant community. And, and the reason that it's so important is because if we're going and, and doing, uh, you know, a hundred different things when, when God is calling us to do, you know, five things really well or to focus on uh, the, the main thing that God is inviting us to do, uh, we can get really burnt out and we, we can get spread thin. Uh, so again, it's important to focus on a common mission, you know, whether it's as a church or a small group or a mission agency to focus on a, on a common mission. And, and I would add, um, often when we're thinking about growing a ministry, whatever it is we're doing, sometimes the best thing to do rather than uh, is growing wider is growing deeper. So, you know, if there's people that you're coming into contact with who you're, you're able to come alongside of, I, I would say 
find ways to go deeper with them. And, and you'll see and learn over time that as you go deeper with people, as you go deeper in your community, that you'll find ways to, to not only just help people, but help people together in the community. In other words, get other people on board uh, with what you're doing so that they can come alongside what God is doing in your community. Sam, any, any more Sam, thoughts any, on that? Any more thoughts on that? No, that's, that's great. Oh, that's wonderful wisdom, and um, I'm going to uh, be buying your book. <laughs> You're going to get the book, are you? Yeah, read that chapter. <laughs> All right, well, Terence, what's the website if people want to grab a hold of your book? Yeah, it's called peaceofthecity.ca. Notice it's .ca. We're here in Canada, so it's peaceofthecity.ca. Fantastic. Good Thank on you, you, Sam. Thanks for your call. Thanks, Matt. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open 1-800-316-316. Our guest for the next 30 minutes is from Canada, Terence Shilstra, who has planted a church in Thorold in Ontario, Canada, and they're reaching the urban poor. Uh, he's talked a lot about how they've got a wonderful uh, community meal happening in a local school, and we've talked a lot about how the Bible is very clear that as Christians— it's our mandate. It's our commission to go to the last, the least, and the lost, to care for the poor, uh, to look at the uh, community we're in and find uh, where we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. If you've got a question or a comment, uh, you can call through. Phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. And once again, Terence has written a book called Peace of the City. The website is peaceofthecity.ca, peaceofthecity.ca. Uh, for Canada. And we've got Ruth from Queensland. How are you, Ruth? Um, <clears throat> fine. Pretty good. Have you, yeah, got a, that's good. have you got a question or a comment for Terence? Yes. Well, I thank the Lord that somebody has got it on, that, the, that they're actually hearing from the Lord for uh, his, his, what God's put in his heart, which is what the Lord does. Um, to cause him to do that work because I've been reading about the t things going on in Canada actually and it's going on everywhere and it's horrific, it's terrible, there's women where we, where I am here on the Gold Coast, I don't know if it's worse in Brisbane but there's a lot of women sleeping on the street, I've walked with women on the street with black eyes, with children um, I put a lot of people up myself and I've actually found really we've been trying desperately and I think it is it's a matter of the heart you know like Jesus wept when he saw Jerusalem as sheep that didn't have a shepherd and I feel that it's something that's got to come from that you know with that the Lord is weeping for these people he doesn't just walk by like the good Samaritan you know like so many of them just walked on the other side and they they um, saw the person that was beaten and robbed. And I know it's not necessarily exactly that with this different situation. We know there's drug addiction. We know um, that there could be gambling addiction. There could be domestic violence. I've seen women... I've seen women, people in church and their daughter was sleeping on the street over the road from the church services. how horrific things can be for all kinds of reasons, um, pushing trolleys around and um, some people might have some sort of a, um, I don't like to say mental illness, but I say a spiritual kind of problem 
that we as the light of the world is meant to be there as the hands and feet of the Lord with these people and with everyone. Um, as we know, this pandemic or whatever it is, is uh, causing lots of hopelessness and despair in people of all, everywhere here. So I guess that's trying to be the light of Jesus coming out of us to everyone, to them, and hopefully you get back up from the, hopefully the, the pe- pe- people are afraid too. I know people are afraid. So, yeah. It's yeah. um, uh, the love of God, only God's love. There is no fear in love, the Bible says. Perfect love casts out all fear. Absolutely. And it's, you know, these kids that are um, down at little uh, kids, I've seen kids bashing, attacking people, a lot of, I don't know, Islander, I, I don't want to say their nationality, but kids down the road at the, uh, sniffing out of cans. I just, where their parents are, I don't know. Where are their parents? Yeah. Sniffing out of those inhalants and empty cans. It breaks my heart. Name of Jesus. And, you know, as Christians, uh, we are invited to participate in God's mission to re- rescue and restore. So to bring the, the rescuing and restoring message of Jesus Christ. And it has the power to restore past hurts and, and past uh, damage that has been done in relationships, you know, whether with in our uh, indigenous communities or in our families or in our neighborhood or whatever it might be. Um, we, we have to believe that God is on a mission and that he is inviting us as Christians, as a church, to participate in that ministry uh, of restoration in our communities and, and that that is the key that's the key for me in the book is to keep coming back to you know what are the practices that that, that whereby we participate in god's mission uh, to participate in restoration in our communities so absolutely well thank you so much vicky for your call, you for your call. and uh we have to uh, wrap it up there, but uh, I just wanted to say, Terence, it's been such a privilege to be able to hear a bit of your testimony today of how you're reaching out to the urban poor in Canada. And once again, the website is peaceofthecity.ca. If people want to get a hold of that book, it's called Peace of the City, a Handbook for Missional Communities. Terence, thanks for joining us today, mate. God bless. Yeah, great to be with you. Bye for now. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.